Thank you for downloading the One Church Gloucester podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. To find out more about life at One Church, visit us online at thisisonechurch.com. Good morning, everyone. Please take your seats. My name is Nathan, and it is my privilege to be speaking today on part four of our latest teaching series, which is called The Stars Are Brightly Shining. Ah, we nearly broke out into song there, all of us. Um, I, personally, I have really enjoyed this series so far. Um, I, I don't know about you, but for me, it has just um, given me a fresh sense of wonder for God, just like a fresh sense of awe and admiration, just for how great he is. Um, and it's had that r- really profound effect on me. Um, and week, num- week number one, John started and he spoke about the signs that are all around us um, and how the traditions of Christmas can get in the way of that, but let's not ignore them, but let's see what God's doing in our life and follow the signs. Week number two, Amy spoke about Jesus and, and how, how we esteem him will, will determine what we expect from him. And that was a great message about Jesus as king. And then just hands up who was here last week for John's message. Um, just an incredible message last week about the God of the universe and how just awesome everything that he has made is, um, and really framed that for us and just gave me again this brand new um, perspective on just how, how good he is, how awesome he is. Um, and what we're doing in this series is we're looking at the story of the wise men and we're reading from Matthew chapter 2. So if you do have a Bible, please turn there. Matthew chapter 2, if you don't have one with you, it will be on screen. Um, and the Magi visit the Messiah. This is the story that we are reading together every week. So we're just going to read it now. And we'll continue. It says this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least of the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them, when it rose ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And that is the story we're looking at in this series. Now, this story of the wise men traveling to see Jesus, it it holds a a special place in my heart. It's of special significance to me because um, in primary school, I don't mean to brag, um, I I was actually one of the wise men. Yep, I've said it. Um, Balthazar, Prince of Asia. That was my, I, I had a green sequenced outfit. Um, and I think it was then 
it was then that I knew that I was, I was bound for greatness. Um, when, when given, bestowed upon me was this amazing responsibility to be one of these wise men. Um, just out of interest, like, hands up who's been in a uh, nativity play in their time. Okay, quite a few, quite a few. Hands up, any, um, any Marys and Josephs? Uh, okay, yeah. There you are. Sat in your pride and your arrogance still. These guys came back for service too, just to show off. They did the same in the first one. Yeah, that's us. We were the chosen ones, the popular ones that got the, the top spot. Thank you for gracing us with your presence again. Um, I didn't make that. I was one of the wise men, um, which I think is one of the better roles, personally. Um, but but I, I love this story. And, and the, this carol that is written about these men is, was growing up in this church was one of my favourite carols. Um, and I've, I've got some lyrics because it's just, it's just so well written. So it says... We three kings of Orient are bearing gifts. We traverse afar, field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star. God, that's powerful. That was the Holy Spirit right there. Did you feel it? <laughs> star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. Powerful words. It's good. They don't write songs like that anymore, do they? Um, so I want to talk today about um, wonder, wonder, star of wonder. And wonder, we use this word um, often in two ways, and we've got the noun and the verb. And, and the noun is this, this feeling of amazement and admiration caused by something beautiful, remarkable, or unfamiliar. And the verb is a desire to know something. And, and we use them both, don't we? And I think we can see both the noun and the verb in this story here. You can imagine the, these wise men gathered together just looking up at the night sky, seeing the stars, and, and looking up in, in a sense of um, amazement, admiration caused by something beautiful, remarkable, and then they see something unfamiliar. What's that star? I've not seen that one before. And then that caused a desire to know something. Who's that star for? Who, what's that about? And, and that created in them this sense of wonder that caused them to wander halfway across the known world in pursuit of Jesus. And I've, I've got a question that I'd, I'd like you to write down, if that's okay, if you have a, a note-taking device or um, a book or something, to write this question down. And the question is this, um, where does wonder lead you to wander? Where does wonder lead you to wonder? And I want you to think about this during the week and just reflect on it, this question here. Um, I've, I've really I've set myself up for a bit of a tongue twister because I'm going to be asking this question quite a lot and I, I'm, I'm, probably going to, I'm probably going to change them by accident. So just give me a bit of grace. Is that okay? Um, acknowledge the context when I say the word. So if I get it the wrong way around, just, just go with me. But where does wonder lead you to wonder? They looked up at the night sky. They saw a star and they were filled with a sense of wonder that led them to wonder in pursuit of Jesus. And the author, Matthew, of this book here, he, um, from, he says that they were in pursuit of the king of the Jews. That's who they were looking for. But from our vantage point, we can see that they, they were actually journeying towards someone of far greater significance than, than just the king of a, of a certain group of people. They were heading towards the king of the universe, the, the king that actually hung the guiding star in its place. And, and I love that picture that, that gives us. I love the the idea and the parallels that we can draw between them and us because everything that we do in this church and as a community is all in pursuit of that same person. Uh, we, we are all 
doing our best to journey towards Jesus. And, and I love what the Apostle Paul writes about him, the one that we're join, that journeying towards. He says, from him and through him and for him are all things. That, that's this Jesus that we're describing. That's the Christ, the Messiah that they were in pursuit of. And, and we want to do all we can to help one another and inspire one another towards that same pursuit, to, to, to aim towards Jesus. And it's probably worth noting at this point that we are far more, as far as this life is concerned, we are far more interested in direction rather than destination. It, direction is far more important than destination. And, and that's essentially to say none of us have got this. None of us have arrived yet. This journey that we're on and this, this journey of discipleship and discovering more about God, Jesus, the way, the truth and the life, following him, no one has arrived yet. And in this church, you will never receive a certificate that says, well done, you are now a grade 10 Christian. Or you, you, you have, this is your black belt in Christianity. Although I think we should give up black belts in Christianity because that would just be pretty cool, wouldn't it? I'd walk around with it all day. It's, it's far more about direction and, 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 and heading towards, orientating ourselves, focusing on him, setting him as the, the object of our wonder that informs our wonder. The, the wonder that is our awe, our amazement with him that informs our action, how we're walking, how we're, we're living. And it's much more important. And that, that reminds me to, to show grace to one another. It doesn't matter if you're brand new here and you're just starting on this journey or if you feel like you're a, a, uh, a veteran Christian. Like we're all on this same journey. We're all in this together, figuring out how to pursue Jesus. Where does your wonder lead you to wonder? Um, some, some Christians, and uh, no Christians in, in this room, but some Christians um, are all about the wonder and no wonder. All wonder, no wonder. Do the words sound the same yet to you? Yeah. They, they do to me. Uh, all wonder, no wonder. That is, they can talk the talk, but there's no walk to match the talk. Yeah. And, and in, they can look the part, they can sound right, they can raise their hands in worship but, like on a Sunday, but come Monday through to Saturday, there's no fruit of that wonder. There's no walk, there's no action with the awe. It's just about the wonder. Likewise, there's some Christians, and then in this room again, which are all about the wonder and have no wonder. That it all becomes about action, all becomes about doing. And, and faith, Christianity, it's this habitual thing that we just get ourselves into, and it becomes a box ticking exercise. Prayed, gone to church, given. It's, it's all about the wonder, about action. What are we doing? And, when we focus, when we lose the wonder of all of this, when everything becomes a little bit familiar and we focus on the wonder, on the journey, how we're doing it, it's very easy to become quite critical, I think. Like the, the main aim, the purpose, the object of our wonder is lost. The joy, the awe is lost. And it all becomes about the walk. And it's very easy to, to focus on that and to think, well, they're walking a bit funny, aren't they? To become a little bit critical. I... I am yet to meet someone that is a passionate, loving follower of Jesus and yet is incredibly critical or discouraging. Those, those traits seem incompatible. I have met people, Christ followers, that have just lost the wonder, focus on the wonder and become quite negative and critical, focusing on how we walk. All wonder, no wonder. I believe we're called to be a wondering, wondering church. Wondering, wondering. Just turn to the person next to you and say, wondering, wondering. 
You made it sound easy. I'm struggling up here. A, a wandering, wandering church. And, and our encounter services on a Sunday are an excellent opportunity for us just to reorientate ourselves and to focus on what's important again, to, to lift Jesus up in worship, to, to focus again on him, to fix our eyes on him, our attention on him, our gaze on him. And for that to in affect our wonder, to radically transform how we live, how we think, how we speak, how we work. Wonder into the wonder. We are called to be a wandering, wandering church. Not just theory, not just practice, this beautiful amalgamation of both. Wondering, wondering church. I have gone 12 minutes into my preach without mentioning my son Caleb. Are you proud of me? I've gone that far. That's about to change. For those that don't know, my first son was born five weeks ago today. Uh, and he's here right on the front row, bless him, with some, what are these called? Braces. Well dressed, mum. He's looking good. Um, and I, I will mention him in every message, I think, like, until he tells me not to, until he says, Dad, stop embarrassing me. And even then, I'm, probably just, I'm just going to say, no, no, I love you so much. I'm going to keep talking about you. And I'll give him a big kiss and then drop him back off at university. <laughs> you will always be what I will talk about forever. Oh, I just love him. Like, seeing him born, it feels like I've just been given this fresh injection of wonder just this amazement about life and God and it's completely changed how I see Father God it's just changed everything about that and seeing him take his first breath <sighs> amazing and, and Lauren and I we just spent hours looking at him looking at his face uh, a sneeze has never been so interesting <laughs> but he sneezes and we're like did you see that he sneezed and I find myself um, caught up in like telling like anecdotes and, and things about him um, only to realise that that person doesn't care. And I'm like, and then, then he raised his eyebrow and they're like, yeah? Uh, no, that's it. He, he, he raised his eyebrow. And because I love it, I'm like, I'm passionately in love with him. And it's just like giving me this fresh sense of wonder and awe and, and gratitude and thankfulness towards just how good God is. Um, I want to say this about him. Uh, it's the wonder gets a little lost when he, when he weasel all over you. I don't mean to be crude, all right? This is, this is just reality. Every parent in the room will know, um, especially if you've had a son. Um, it's, it's, it just happens. And at those moments when he's screaming, he's crying, he's weeing, he's pooing, all at the same time, he's multitasking, it's incredible. Um, it's a little hard there at those moments to maintain a sense of wonder and awe and to be thankful. Panic is more the accurate description. And, and when, he, when it's like, two in the morning and he's just relentlessly screaming and nothing we've changed his nappy fed him it's like what ah it's a bit hard then to be like god i'm just so grateful for the wonderful gift that you've given us i'm filled with awe and wonder for you lord go to sleep is it too soon to give him whiskey what should we do no i'm joking that was lauren's suggestion i quoted lauren then i said no lauren we won't do that we've left those waves behind us come on Tell you what, yeah, pray for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, the opposite is true, isn't it? Um, but I, I say that because, because that, that for me just is, that's life. And, and life has this um, incredible way of just sometimes robbing us of wonder. And, and all of us, and in this room, there will be a whole spectrum of needs, circumstances, pains, loss, hurt, desires, 
joy, grief. It's all represented here, isn't it? And, and each and every one of us will be able to say of our circumstances or something in our life, I would like that changed. Ideally, I would be without that. Like we can all identify that. And if not something about your circumstances, for sure something about yourself, we are all acutely aware, aren't we, of the things that we, we could do without here, of our own shortcomings, of our own failures. We are, we are very aware of those. And that's just life. And, and what fascinates me about my son is that he is, he is both this um, screaming, weeing, pooing little monster that never sleeps, and he is my, my firstborn son that I love more than anything. He's both those things. And, and that can be life sometimes, that it's, it's light, shadow, peace, chaos. And so, it's interesting that John mentioned Psalm 21, Psalm 22. Sometimes it just feels like we're, we have both represented. Things are great, but this, this really isn't. If God would just answer this. And, and that is life, and we don't have control over that. That's, that's not our choice. That's just reality. That's the world that we live in. That's, those are the lives that we lead. We don't have a choice. But the choice we do have is, is what to focus on. The choice we do have is what will occupy our mental real estate. With my son, the choice I have is what to focus on about him. I could, I could be led into despair of this endless need for a nappy change or come back to what a beautiful gift he is. We, we all have that ability. We have been gifted with the ability to, to think on, to focus on, to reflect on whatever we want to, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the good or the bad. That's a gift that God has given each and every one of us. And wonder has caused many great things. So, so the four-minute mile, let's take that as an example. Humanity broke the four-minute mile, ran it in, in under four minutes, because first of all, someone wondered if it could be done. I wonder if, I wonder if we can break that. Everest was scaled because someone first wondered if I could get to the top of that. And their wonder informed their wonder, and they wandered to the top of it. I don't know if you'd call it a wonder. I would never say that to someone that went up to the top of it. Yeah, you just wandered up, didn't you, mate? Their, their wonder informed their, their wonder. But sim- if you change the object of our wonder, the results can be very different. Not so positive. I wonder if they, they are still talking about me. I wonder if I will always be this lonely. I wonder if I'll be single forever. I wonder if God will never answer this prayer. I wonder why I always do this. I wonder why they always do this. I wonder what it would be like to be with that person instead. And our wonder determines our wonder. And suddenly we can wander into some things, some places some, that we never should have gone into. Disillusionment, hurt, despair, offense, temptation. It all starts here with a thought with what we wonder about, what the object of our wonder is. Our wonder determines our wonder, or and then action. And I think God really genuinely cares about what happens in our thought life. But it all starts here. And so Romans 12, do not conform to the pattern of this world, instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think one of the main things that Jesus came to do was bring about this like, fundamental shift in the way that we think. And we can see it in how he just interacted with people. You have heard it's, you have, it's been said this, you have heard this, I say this. Think differently. Shift the way that you are thinking. Don't, don't fixate on the wrong things. Put your eyes onto me instead. Watch how that transforms the way that you live. And I love what the psalmist um, puts. 
how he says it in Psalm 43, verses 5. He says this, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. We can see what's going on in, in that verse. Um, there's, no, there's no denial there. So we're not talking about just being ignorant to the hurts and the pains and the reality of the world. There's, he's not denying that. He, he acknowledges, I am downcast and the very core of me, my soul is disturbed right now. But he doesn't stay there. And that doesn't stay the object of his wonder. He doesn't fix his eyes on that point. He, he doesn't allow his, even his soul, the, the depth of him. Sometimes we're so um, driven by our feelings, aren't we? I feel this, therefore it's truth. But you, you, it, he doesn't do that. Why are you downcast? That's not going to determine how I live. That's not going to determine how I walk. Where I wander to won't be dictated by how I feel sometimes or even my circumstances. Where I wander will be where I put my hope and what I wonder about. And what I'm going to wonder about is God. I'm going to fix my eyes on him and that will dictate my actions. So put your hope in God for I will yet praise him. I'm going to put my hope in him. I'm going to fix my eyes on him. I'm going to wonder about him. That will dictate my actions which will be praise. My praise will be louder than my pain. Wonder affects the wonder. So where does wonder lead you to wonder? I think um, if, we can, if we can grasp this and, and just get the, the discipline, if you want to put it that way, of each and every day just having a moment where we just step back and think, okay, what's going on here? Where are my thoughts going? Who, who is the object of my wonder today? What is the object of my wonder today? What am I thinking on? What am I reflecting on? What, what are my aspirations today? What do I wake up thinking about? What, what, what has that spot? And how is that affecting how I live? If we can acknowledge that and just have a moment where we go, you know what, Jesus, you are going to occupy that spot today. I'm going to be filled with a sense of wonder and awe for you today. I think that will have a profoundly positive impact on how we live on each and every day, how we work, how we interact with one another, how we approach our um, school, how our families, friendship groups, whatever it might be. If we can have this moment where we just have wonder in our day, it will change everything. Um, this week, I got to um, speak in a school in Gloucester. Um, I'll just tell the story, then band can jump up. Um, got to speak in a school in Gloucester, um, and we spoke to every single student. So it was about a 1,000 students in the end, but we did a, a year group each day. And at the beginning of the week, um, I just found myself super nervous. Uh, and I usually get a little bit nervous when you speak publicly, um, but th this was, for whatever reason, it was more nerves than usual. And it was becoming a little bit distracting. And my thoughts started heading towards my nerves and this like, kind of sick, twisted, not feeling that I had. And I'd done it before. I've spoken in this, this school before. They knew me, a great relationship there. For whatever reason, I was beginning to get a bit fearful. And I don't know what it was. And, and my, my, that became the object of what I was thinking about and what I was wondering about. And I'd wake up thinking about it and worrying about it. And then I began to worry about the worry, thinking, I wonder what this worry is going to create. Am I going to get more nervous? Is my throat, my, my throat, am I going to say things like soaked publicly? Is my throat going to get dry? Am I going to fall over? Are they going to laugh at me? Are they going to throw things at me? It's just like, you know, you know how fear can just, um, it, you lose logic in the end. Is someone going to set a chair on fire and throw it my way as I try and tell them, Jesus loves you? Just illogical worry. And, and that's what began to happen. And I had a choice at that moment where to fix what was going to be the object of my wonder. And at the beginning of this week, I just decided... 
Here's where, here's where I started. This is literally what I did. God, thank you um, for dexterity. Thank you that I can move my hand. Not everyone can do that. And I really appreciate that ability. Yeah. I can pick things up. That's good. Thank you, God. I then began to thank God for my son. God, thank you for that beautiful, amazing gift. I began to thank God for my wife. Thank you for her. Thank you that she keeps both my son and me alive. Thank you for her. Thank you for this house, God. I began to reflect on what John spoke about last week, about this God of the universe, this, this amazing scale of the cosmos, and yet he cares about me. God, thank you for that. That's, that's incredible. I began to reflect on Jesus, what his sacrifice meant for me, that I could have this sort of interaction with God, that I can talk to him, that I could converse with him. And that was amazing. Before I knew it, I was filled with a sense of wonder. Wow, God, you were just good. I shifted where my gaze was, what, what occupied this. I began to wonder how great he was. I was filled with a sense of wonder. And I then wandered into the school differently. So the nerves were still there, but I wandered in with a fresh sense of wonder for the God that breathed life into existence, that breathed the universe there, that breathed life into me, and that cared for and was attentive to every breath of every student that I was about to speak to. That just changes stuff. And it just changes how we think, and it changes how we approach things. And yes, I was still nervous, but I walked in with wonder. So, so where does wonder lead you to wonder? How is your walk at the moment? So just the challenge to, to, to finish with, to put to you all, and maybe like I said at the beginning, have, have you lost your sense of wonder? And for you in your faith or while you're here, has it all become about the walk, the w- wonder, the action? Is, is faith just this habit for you? And is there no awe and wonder and joy and life? Jesus says, doesn't he, to the church in Ephesus, I think, in the book of Revelation, um, you're doing great things. I love what you're doing. Your, your walk is great. Your wonder is great. You're doing some awesome things. But this I hold against you. You've forgotten your first love. You've forgotten me in all of this. There's no wonder. There's no awe. Where's that gone? Get that back. Don't just be about the actions. So maybe, maybe some of us in here this morning need to have a fresh revelation of the wonder of God. Just to be wowed by him again. Just to be in awe of him all over again. Or, or maybe, maybe our, our action, our walk, our, our daily activities needs to be more in keeping with the wonder that we have for God. To, to not confine our faith just to these Sundays, but to actually do something. James would put it in, in the book of James, you know, faith without deeds is dead. Like what, what do our deeds show us about our faith? What, what's that revealing? I had a really good challenge put to me earlier this year from uh, another pastor who was preaching. And he said, if God answered every single one of your prayers, like, what, what would happen? What would change? If everything just like that was answered, um, w- would there be a tremendous, r- m- miraculous move of God? Would society change? Would your workplace change? Would your family change? Would you change? Or would your life be mildly more convenient? Like, does, does, what, what does that show about how, how much, how great, how I esteem God? I want my aspirations, the things I think about, what I wonder about, to reflect this amazingly miraculous, huge, massive, all-sufficient, all-powerful God, and for my belief to align with that, and for that to affect my walk, to be brave with my faith, knowing who my God is, because he is the object of my wonder. Wonder. 
and I, I was able to speak to our academy students on Monday. Um, there they are. Um, and and I, said, I said this, that our pursuits reveal our passions. So maybe for some of us this week, just a bit of a diary check. What am I actually doing practically? And how does that show? What does that highlight about what I am passionate about truly? I could tell you until I'm blue in the face that I, I am a passionate fan of golf and that I love golf. But until I actually wander onto a golf course and embrace middle age, um, I, I'm just giving it lip service, aren't I? It's, it's, it's not one of my passions. So what do your pursuits show about your passions? And that's a bit of a test, a practical thing that we can look at in our diaries to say, okay, if God is the object of my affection, if he is king, if he is number one, if I want to wonder about him, what am I doing? Does that make sense? I would love to pray for you if that's okay. I want to pray um, for two things. Number one, if you're here and you have never made that decision to to orientate your life, to focus on, to fix your eyes on Jesus and to follow him. I want to give an opportunity for you to do just that. Um, and very simply, I, I would love to pray for you to make that decision. And, and remember what we said, it's about direction, not destination, as far as this life is concerned. So long as we're breathing, we're, we're, we're moving. And, and you can today start make a, make a decision to start moving towards Jesus. And then number two, I would just love to pray um, for anyone in this room that has lost the sense of wonder. Things have become just somewhat flat. You are familiar with this. This is, you are used to the presence of God. I'm believing that each and every one of us can walk out with a fresh revelation and fresh sense of awe and wonder for this magnificent God that we serve. So please, we just bow your heads and close your eyes. I'd love to pray for us. So firstly, if you want to make that decision today to become a Christian, to, to follow God, uh, very simply, I would love to, to pray for you. After the count of three, I would just ask you to slip up your hand. One, two, three. That's fantastic. Great, you can pop them down, that's good. Father God, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that by your death and resurrection, we have access to God. Lord, that we can make this choice to follow you and for, for everyone just, that just responded there. Lord God, I pray that they would begin this fantastic, amazing, life-transforming journey to pursue you each and every day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And then just secondly, anyone in this, room, in this room that needs that fresh revelation of wonder, you need the wonder back. That wonder that will transform your wonder. We're still in a moment of prayer, so no one's looking around. If you need that back, just slip your hand up now, and I'm going to pray. That's great. Hands going up everywhere there. You can put them down again. Holy Spirit, would you just gift us each and every day with a fresh sense of wonder for you. To be in awe of you. Awe of how beautiful you are, how great you are, how great your creation is. And Lord God, would that inspire in us a new way of living, a new walk, a new way of wandering into our world, into our workplaces. God, would you transform us by the sense of wonder into becoming more like Jesus, we pray. In your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Please stand and we're going to worship one more time together.